Hello, you're listening to Artspin on Sin Nation with myself, Christian, this afternoon. And I'm very happy to be joined here in the studio by Daniel Santangeli, who's here to talk to us about this year's, next year's, the next Midsummer Festival. I know, I could, it's hard to like get your I, mind out of that yeah, sort of I'm, mode. Yeah, I'm in 2018 already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, it was so I had the absolute pleasure of coming to launch on Wednesday night, which, yeah, really exciting. You must be very excited, of course, having just sort of released this to the world, I guess. Yeah, it's a bit of a beast of a program, to be honest. So, mm. I mean, Midsummer Festival happens um, every year in the middle of summer. And um, this year is our um, biggest program to date. So there are over 170 events as part of the program. Um, 50% of them are free. And yeah, and it's, um, you know, essentially Australia's largest um, queer arts and cultural festival that happens here in Melbourne. Yeah, well, con- I mean, like, just even from that, congratulations um, on where it's at the moment. Um, and, and like a big series of firsts, I did notice, like reading through, um, you know, like new venues coming on. And um, is this also the first time you've had, there's that event that's for um, two to five-year-olds as well. Is that a first for Midsummer as well? Or uh, it's, not a, it's not a first for Midsummer, mm. but it is the first in fairly recent history for Midsummer. Right. So, um, and one of the things that we try to do at Midsummer is really listen to the different queer communities that are in Victoria. Um, and um, one of the fastest growing um, queer communities is that of diverse families or rainbow families. Um, and so we felt it was really important that we start investing in young people, you know, five and under, um, who Very are young, part yeah. of diverse families. And so this event at Art Play um, is a, a creative workshop that um, people can, uh, can, can attend. Um, so obviously it's for, you know, five and under, but also, of course, <laughs> parents and guardians and those that care for kids are obviously welcome to be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. And, um, and yeah, speaking of young people, of course, the um, work with Minus 18 as well, like not quite as young as five, but um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit older in the, in the sort of um, youth demographic. Yeah. yeah, so we've got the um, the Midsummer Youth Spectacular at the Melbourne mm. Spiegel Tent, um, and that's a one-night-only event during the festival. Um, and one of the things, um, pieces of feedback that we were given um, in consultation with Minus 18, so Minus 18 is Australia's uh, largest um, queer youth organisation, and one of the pieces of feedback they gave us was that it's really hard for a young person to um, put on a full-scale event because most of our program is open access, so it's created by um, you know, the LGBTQIA plus community. And for a young person, you know, it's nigh impossible for them to actually put on a full-scale event. So what we've done is we've created this youth spectacular, which is essentially a variety night of young people who are incredibly talented. Um, we've got everything from, like, magic shows to juggling um, to DJs um, to, like, craft installations. And it is an opportunity for them to actually get on stage and perform in their community. Um, but also, um, hopefully, then we then see some of them come back in future years to present their own shows. Oh right, wow! Is that um is that something you've seen um in the past? Like young people, yeah, people who've gotten involved through midsummer, like part of the minus eighteen bracket, and then when they're no longer minus eighteen, even they've sort of continued in other forms. Yeah, definitely, a lot of them do come back. Um, mm. and I think that is one of the strengths about minus eighteen as an organisation as well is that they're really good at um you know finding ways to partner with other organisations like midsummer to find ways to kind of bring young people in and help them find the community that's um or the you know the kind of culture that's right for them. Perfect, yeah. Um, and I was going to say, yeah, how, how did you find all these amazing talented young people for, um, for the spectacular, but also just f- uh, for the festival at large, like um, how did you sort of, how did Midsummer go about 
capturing all these great artists in the one festival? Yeah, so in um, mm. so what we do is we do a um, a call out, um, and mm. essentially because Midsummer is an open access festival, anyone can um, register an event, um, except for maybe Corey Bernardi. Um, and what uh, and so all you have to do really is um, put in your um, event registration, um, and then we support those artists and event producers to make their show a reality. So we provide advice and guidance and um, you know feedback on how to write a media release for marketing or you know um, help provide them you know if they need a particular access to like a stage manager we can make suggestions and things like that so we really pride ourselves on the support that we give our event producers um, and so then what we end up with with is um, you know a program of 170 events that are um, everything from you know cabaret through to uh, sports events through to um, you know clubs and party events as well mm. Yeah, so like that support, but also I guess like balancing it with the freedom as well. Like not yeah, smothering the others, but also like if they need that guidance, like that is there for them to seek out sort of thing as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I think that's um, one of the Midsummer will always be an open access festival, um, and I think that's really important to us because I think when it comes to queer communities, that there there shouldn't be no gatekeeper in a way, um, because often um, you know people who are, um, are queer are alienated from particular institutions or particular cultural environments. So it's really important at Midsummer that we actually do leave the door wide open. Um, that said, we also do have um, an arm of the program which is called Midsummer Presents, um, and so some of those events are events that we um, deliberately program um, and I think you know the youth spectacular that I was speaking about before is a good example of that um, and there are events that we identify specific communities that are maybe not coming in through the open access program and we go oh, okay that's a that's a queer community that we really need to engage with and so we'll create an event that is specifically for them um, so another really good example of that is um, an event called Black Magic, which is at Incinerator Gallery, um, and that um, is um, curated by Maddie Clark, who is a um, uh, Indigenous curator. And um, what we wanted to do was really um, show our support and um, create a platform for queer Indigenous people to um, to present work. So that exhibition has some really incredible um, visual artists in it, um, including Peter Wopples Crow, who has been making art in Melbourne for a very long time. And so we're super excited to have his work as part of it. Oh, congratulations. Um, Owen, just to clarify, what, what's your role exactly within the festival this year? Yes, I'm the um, program manager, um, so mm. I look after all of the programming. Mm -hmm. um, we're a tiny team at Midsummer. I think people often mm. imagine that we're just this uh, gargantuan uh, organisation, but we're actually a really small team. And so one of the things that we're doing at the moment is calling for volunteers. And uh, the vol we have about 300 volunteers, and they work on um, our large-scale events, like Midsummer Carnival, um, which opens the festival in Alexandra Gardens. Um, and they also work on events like Midsummer Pride March, which is in St Kilda. Um, so if there's anyone out there listening who wants to volunteer for Midsummer, please hop on our website which is just midsummer.org.au um, and um, yeah put your name down because we need you <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh that's amazing I mean yeah I, I guess that's like, like that's a compliment to you that you know it's like even if it's uh, even if it's a small team or a small like pay team at least it's like a huge output so like a huge festival but like small team behind it yeah so like, I guess it depends what you mean by like what was the word you used? Like gargantuan or yeah, something yeah. like that? Like gargantuan <laughs> yeah. for who? Like the back end or the, yeah, like, or from the audience members or the artist perspective? Yeah, yeah I think we do, do a pretty good job of making it look um, seamless from the outside, but from the, <laughs> from the inside, there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of hard work that goes into it for, from a very small group of people. But then when we get to the festival, it's really our volunteers that really allow it and our mm. the artists that are presenting work in the festival too that really make it happen. Mm, yeah, it's, um, it's only, I know, like, I guess that little known, talking about that, that 
just that hard work that goes on behind the scenes to put together a festival like this that I know you feel like doesn't get recognized or like thought of as as often but like you know is an essential like it yeah if it doesn't happen like this midsummer can't happen full stop yeah, absolutely. And I mm. think, um, you know, um, Midsummer's been around for 30, 31 years. Um, mm. And I think it's, um, yeah, over that time, it's gone through lots of fluctuations as an organisation as well and as a festival. And I think um, in, I was speaking to someone about this the other day about the kind of why Midsummer is still important and why we need um, a festival that focuses specifically on queer cultures. And I think the recent survey um, and what we're still going through in terms of um, trying to achieve marriage equality is really good evidence that um, we need to support um, queer culture makers um, and create a platform for them. And not just in terms of the uh, you know gays and lesbians who directly benefit from marriage equality, but also in terms of all the other queer communities that are out there as well. Um, mm. So we're spending a lot of time trying to think about this kind of idea of like who's missing from Midsummer. Um, and so one of the groups that we've identified is people who are um, blind and low vision um, have so there are a few um, people who are queer who have kind of tried to come to carnival in the past but it's just if you're blind or low vision it's actually a really overwhelming kind of environment Um, so what we're doing is we're working with um, Description Victoria um, who's a um, who provide access services for blind and low vision people and also Slow Art Collective who create these incredible kind of like bamboo um, scaffolding kind of um, art installations um, to create an installation at Carnival that is um, tactile and um, and also when you touch things it triggers sound as well so Mm. that's kind of like for everyone to engage with so anyone can engage with that installation but it's also then like secretly for people who are blind and low vision so that it's actually their orientation point for Carnival Day Um, Mm. and then from there they can get access to you know um, audio maps of the entire site so we're trying to think as kind of like as imaginatively as possible about how we can kind of like bring everyone with us Mm, sure. Yeah, and I'm certainly glad to hear that you're doing that because, like that, um, that point of certain events being overwhelming as well. Like, I like, can certainly relate to that being like an, an autistic queer person, just from like the sensory sort of perspective. Um, like certain, I mean, you know, obviously, like different people have different ideas of like what fun is and like what what's an enjoyable <laughs> social or you know like artistic activity. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what to some people might be like super fun is like. Other extreme, like really draining for other people. And and it's funny that you mentioned that um, Mm. we're also at Carnival creating a um, a kind of chill out space as well, Mm. because some of the feedback that we've gotten as well is that, yeah, if, you know, if you are a person who lives with autism, then it is really difficult because you're like, I want to be at this really fun queer Mm. event, but... I also want to leave and I don't know what to do. So mm. by creating a chill-out space, hopefully we're kind of making it that you can kind of leave the event but stay at the event at the same time. So, um, yeah, you should definitely come and, and check that out and give us feedback <laughs> as well to tell us what you think about that space, definitely. Oh, for sure, yeah. Well, oh, and um, I think we briefly touched on the new venues as well that have been brought on board this year. Um, yeah, I guess I'm not, like, from a program perspective, I'm not sure, like, you know, what point you found that out and you were able to, like play around with um i believe it's like acme is is this it's acme's first year and um yeah so it's acme's first year as part of the festival um so we have a we present an event called queer tech io which is Mm. an online exhibition and actually um uh, alison bennett who is the um curator of that event um is a um, lecturer in photography here at rmit and that event is an online exhibition so completely digital um it's uh, a survey of queer artists from across the world um really fun work but what we're also doing is partnering with acme to have a special screening of some of those works at acme 
so you'll get to see like maybe about four to six of those works on, on the big screen as opposed to on your iPhone or on your, on your computer screen at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure people will appreciate that. Um, gosh, yeah, this is a bit weird how like just a bit of a tangent, but like screen sizes, you know, like the, the, the thing was that screens are getting bigger, very, very exciting, and then they just kind of like got smaller again. Yeah. And then the iPhone got bigger again. It's all very, I don't know what I'm doing. It's, it's very um, hard to keep up with the, the changes in technology. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit, I don't know. Yeah, I guess like change in, mm-hmm, philosophical, change in general. People think it's kind of like a, an upward slopeling, but it sometimes, often it's a bit more of like a sign graph than just sort of a upward constant upward trajectory yeah, yeah definitely and it was one of the things that was really interesting about going through the submissions for mm. queer tech io so this, mm. this online exhibition that's also at acme is that it um was seeing the common threads that run through a lot of the works from artists from across the world who aren't talking to each other um and there was this really strange thing which they're all harking back to kind of 80s and 90s video um video games or like computer games and so a lot of them have this kind of like aesthetic built into them that you know we would all most of us would recognize of going like oh my god i played that game when I was a kid Mm. Um, but then these really intense personal narratives built into them as well Um, either dealing with you know there's one that's a video game where you move around and you're um, trying to um, drink this liquid which will turn you into a female and obviously it's kind of dealing with ideas of um, being transgender or gender non-binary and and the kind of some of the kind of medical kind of aspects um, of that and I mean the kind of medicalization of um, of transness as well and some of the just the hoops that you kind of have to go through in order to get access to kind of medication so there's a really interesting kind of like um, crossover of this kind of like really old school technology but then also this really kind of like current personal kind of uh, environment that a lot of people find themselves in Mm. Wow, yeah, that's, that's a, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun, of course. And, yeah, interesting that, like, that's just sort of happened organically, that it has come from so many, like, different directions that, you know, they haven't been conspiring or whatever to, like, yeah, let's take over Midsummer with our, like, <laughs> video game nostalgia. Oh, well, maybe, um, maybe they have. <laughs> I guess we can't rule that out. <laughs> um, oh, a few minutes ago as well. Um, I kind of expected the marriage equality server to come up somewhere in this conversation. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's interesting that that is still a question that's asked is, like, um, about Midsummer's purpose and, like, it's still needing to exist. And But I'm glad you touched on the fact that, I don't know, I, I wonder if, like, it almost adds weight to that question now. I, you know, I certainly hope people aren't thinking that after the marriage equality survey, like, oh, that's done. Like, we don't, you know, we don't need Midsummer anymore. Like, it's finished. Mm-hmm. Um because, yeah, I mean, even just on the level of marriage equality specifically, obviously, like, we still don't have it. That was mm. just the survey. That's not even taking into account, you know, the rest of the queer community and the rest of queer rights and queer issues and uh, zooming out and out from that. Yeah, definitely. And I saw um, Janet Mock, who's a um, trans um, woman of colour. Um, mm. She was here as part of Melbourne Writers Festival a few months ago. Um, and she was talking about in the US, there was a, um, once marriage equality was achieved, there were literally like newspapers that had, um, you know, equality done or like equality achieved written on them and now what we've seen in the US is um, sure like one segment of the queer community have gotten their rights but then where there is an immense amount of kind of transphobia happening as well Um, and you know the most latest version of that is Trump obviously trying to ban people who are transgender from the military Um, so one of the things that kind of really worries me and I think worries a lot of people who kind of work in this sphere as well is what's going to happen in Australia once we get marriage equality? Like, that's really important that we get that, but then um, how do we make sure that we 
put all that energy into other people who also really need that support and that access to um, equal rights. Hmm. Oh, exactly. Because I mean, obviously, like the support for um, the, the Yes campaign has you know been phenomenal. But um, just really just hoping that that momentum doesn't suddenly die down and people don't like look to other I don't know rest Lana Laurels look to other things like once that's done yeah um really need to use that momentum then like point it in other directions now and like keep it going yeah, yeah. and I think that's w- with this program for mm. Midsummer, one of the things that we're trying to do is um, invest in that now so that mm. it's not a sort of case of standing around and going oh well, what are we gonna what are we gonna <laughs> do now we've got marriage equality so mm. and a good example of that is we have an event called the Cocoa Butter Club um, mm. that's part of the festival um, and that's an event that is a um, kind of like cabaret burlesque variety night at Art Centre Melbourne um, but it's all queer and trans people of colour and queer First Nations people um, and I think one of the things that we recognise is that it's um, yeah, that in queer communities that often people who are um, of colour don't have access to queer communities in the same way that um, I guess people who are kind of white cisgendered like myself um, have access to. So it's really important to us that we kind of create this event and um, that'll be actually the Cocoa Butter Club is an event that happens every uh, about every six months. Um, it's been going for about a year and a half and so this is going to be a, um, a best of the Cocoa Butter Club. And so it's like hosted by Noyuka Gori who you know is a writer for Vice and Junkie and Davey Thompson is also um, hosting it as well who's from Circus Oz and yeah it's got some really cool stuff in it like um, kind of like tradition like contemporary tradi- traditional mashups of um, Polynesian um, Sivas um, and then also like crazy burlesque burlesque by Zelia Rose and um, there's also um, Raina Peterson who is a um, traditional um, Indian dancer but also contemporizes the form as well and is really quite risque with it um, so that's also in that event as well so that's going to be going to be really quite um Oh my god! I've gone to the event um, before, and it is electric. The <laughs> the kind of vibe in the audience is quite incredible, and nothing like I see at other live performance. So that's definitely going to um, book out super quickly, and I would highly recommend checking it out. Mm. Um, the other thing that we're also doing as well, um, just sort of talking about that event reminded me of it, is um, before and after the Cocoa Butter Club um, at Art Centre Melbourne, we're having two events that are kind of flanking that, um, which are um, a kind of pre-event and a post-event to the Cocoa Butter Club at our festival bar. So our festival bar is going to be at Art Centre Melbourne um, in Bombini Buzz, and so and it's going to have programming throughout the entire festival. The Yeah, but totally free, and I would highly recommend checking that out as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, thanks so much for coming down today, Daniel. Yeah, pleasure. Were there, um, it, was there any more? Any, any other um, f- final things you wanted to say um, about Midsummer this year? Um, I, I mean, I could talk forever about Midsummer because there yeah. are <laughs> over 170 events. The only thing <laughs> I would say is um, head to midsummer.org.au and check it out. Um, over 50% of the program is free, so there, and there literally is something for every queer out there <laughs> in the program. Perfect. And, of course, it runs from 14th of January to 4th of February. Uh, correct, Amundo. <laughs> Thanks again. And, um, yeah, can't, can't wait. Sounds very exciting. Yeah, I'll see you there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely.